Thank you for tuning into the Chapel Valley Church Podcast. Today we wanted to share a special teaching from Pastor Jeremiah Jenin. We hope this message encourages you and builds a deeper level of faith in you. Thank you for joining us and enjoy this message. Well, how many of you know we are in summer and it is flying by? Can anybody else agree? I mean, we are halfway through July. We, we are going through it. Um, and, you know, there's so much activity. There's so much demanding of our time. It's one of those things every spring I kind of look forward to summer. And I'm like, man, I can't wait for summer when you just get to kind of go at your pace and kind of get to chill back. But then summer hits and it's nothing like you expected, right? <laughs> like it seems busier than ever. And I know some of you have been so busy. So if you are here today, I just want to say, I'm so glad you're here. I'm glad you made it. And I think that we're, if you are here, I believe God has a word for you. Amen. And so we're going to go into our message this morning and I'm going to invite you to turn with me to John chapter 13, John chapter 13. And we have been in a series called love like it matters. How many of you know the way we love and the way we receive love from God, it makes a difference. Did you know that? The way that we love, it, 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 love is the beginning point of, of everything. It's the beginning of our relationship with God. It's, it's the beginning of our salvation. It's the beginning of many people seeing Jesus in us. But when we love others, the power of God gets released. And over the last couple of weeks, last week we had a message called, Let Jesus Love You. And we got to see a glimpse of the heart of Jesus and how he loves us, how he comes to serve us, and how we need him to wash us. And I want to start at that same story, but I want us to look at a little bit more of what Jesus says to his disciples. And so we come to John chapter 13, and this is, this is the night before Jesus died. And John does such a great job capturing kind of some of these last discussions that Jesus had with his disciples. And how many of you know, when you know you're going to die and you know what's about to happen, it's your last day on earth, you're going to probably talk about some important things, right? And so here's Jesus talking about some of the most important things the night before he dies. And I want to start at verse 1 in John chapter 13. says, now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own, who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments. He took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wash them with a towel with which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, you are washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing, you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, he who is bathed needs to only to wash his feet, but is, needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him. Therefore he said, you are not all clean. 
So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? Now this is this, this, so we talked a lot about that part we just read. But I want us to read these verses out loud together, the rest of these verses, verses 13 through 16. And let's just follow along screen. Let's just fill this atmosphere with the word of God this morning. But let's read this out loud together. Ready, go. You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. And so here's Jesus talking to his disciples, and he's talking to them, and he has given them a picture, not only of what he needs to do, but also what his disciples or those who follow him also ought to do. And so Jesus comes and he comes to wash Peter's feet. And Peter says, you shall never wash my feet. And then Jesus responds, well, if I don't wash you, then you have no part with me. How many of you know Jesus was speaking to us last week and he was telling us, listen, you have to let me wash you. You have to let me wash you because as you go through life, as you go in the world, you start to pick up some things. And there's things all around us that are not true. There are things around us that are not from God. And we may not agree with them, but how many of you know, because it's around us, it still hits us a little bit. You know what I'm talking about? Where it affects the way you think. It affects the way that you feel. And so here's Jesus, and he's saying, you need to let me wash you. So so that those things that you pick up don't hold you back. So those things that you pick up don't settle in. You need to let me wash you. And so Jesus was telling us, you've got to let me wash you. But how many of you know, not only is it Jesus's privilege to wash us, it's also his place. Did you know that? You see, Jesus considered it all joy to give his life, to serve us. But not only is it his joy, not only is it a privilege for Jesus to wash us, it's his place. You see, sometimes we can get confused thinking that there's other things that will wash us. There's other things that will give us what we need. If I can just get my finances in order, then everything's going to be good, right? Or if I can just, you know, if I can just get my kids in line, or if I can just have a better marriage, or if it's not that those things are bad, but that's not our beginning point. You see, our starting point is having a moment with Jesus where we come into his presence and he comes to us and he begins to wash us and to cleanse us. And so we spent some time talking and and getting the heart of, of Jesus. But notice Jesus continues to tell us that not only is he to do this to us, but we are also to do this to one another. I want to talk to you today about by this, all will know. By this, everybody say by this. All will know. You see, we're talking about love like it matters. 
I like to think that we talk about some important things on Sundays and we talk about some important things when we come together at church. But how many of you know this is one of the most important? And it's one of the things that we come back to because we have to love. We have to walk in love. We have to be people who can receive the love of God. We have to love like it matters. And so notice verse 13. Jesus says, you call me teacher and Lord. And what you say, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, notice what Jesus says. You also ought to wash one another's feet. You know, we know serving is a choice. We don't have to do these things, but I want you to notice what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, but you ought to. You don't have to serve. You don't have to love the way that I'm loving you right now, but you ought to. You ought to. So, so Jesus is saying, if I'm your teacher and if I'm your Lord and I wash your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. And then verse 15 says, for I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, you know, I point this out often, but how many of you know when Jesus says, most assuredly, I say to you, we should probably pay attention, Right? Most assuredly. What does that mean? This is more sure than sure can get. This is as sure as it can possibly be. He says, most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. In other words, Jesus is saying, if I'm your master and you're my servant, then you don't have a status that is higher than mine where you can't humble yourself and wash others' feet. To. How many of you know if we refuse, Jesus is saying, if you refuse to do this for others, what you're really saying is, I'm, I'm above you. I have a higher status than you, Jesus. And Jesus is saying, listen, if I do this, then you too ought to do this. Jesus is saying, a servant is not greater than his master. And then verse 17 says, if you know these things, how many of you came here today maybe already knowing or having heard we should serve one another? Have you, maybe you've heard this before, right? But how many of you know it's one thing to know, it's another thing to do? Amen? It's one thing to know, it's another thing to do. Jesus says, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. How many of you know we need to go beyond just knowing things? Jesus is saying, no, let this be real. Let this be in you. Let this be a part of who you are. If you know these things, blessed are you if you, what? Do them. Everybody turn to the person next to you and say, we got to do this. Now turn to the person that maybe you ignored or maybe look at the person behind you and say, yeah, you got to do this too. Go ahead. You know, sometimes when we preach the gospel, we don't always jump to this place and be like, see, when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, and then we say, look what you get to do, right? This isn't always the first thing that we give attention to, but when you're born again, how many of you know there's something that happens on the inside? Where Jesus begins transforming you on the inside, where he begins giving you a new heart and a new way, where that you now have a capacity to love people the way you ought to. 
You know, what we're talking about doesn't make sense to people who have not made Jesus the Lord of their life. It doesn't make sense to unbelievers. This level of love and care that Jesus has shown us, he's saying, because I've demonstrated this to you, you also ought to do this for other people. And so Jesus says, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. You know, one of the big problems in church today is that the church today knows a lot of things but we're not great at doing them. And so Jesus didn't say, blessed are you if you know this. No, he says, blessed are you if you do it. Everybody say, do it. So what are some of the things that prevent us from doing? You know, sometimes we think the problem is timing. Sometimes we think, you know, well, I I don't mind serving people, but today, I can't today. You see, I got a lot going on. And I mean, I've got to be about this and about that. I've got my own agenda. I've got my own plans. You know, we come up with this idea that, well, I don't really mind serving, but it has to be at the right time. If it's the right time, then I'll do it. But if it's not the right time, then I'm not obligated to do it. But I want you to notice This was the night before Jesus died. And I want you to notice the timing when he washed his disciples' feet. It was the night before he died. He was about to be arrested. He was about to be tortured and beaten and die on a cross. He was just on the brink of going to the Garden of Gethsemane where he was with Peter, James, and John. And where he said, my soul is so sorrowful, I feel like I could die. How many of you know this was not a convenient time for Jesus to love? This was not a convenient time for Jesus to serve. This was the end. This was it. I don't know about you, but I would probably be a little anxious about what was about to go down. I'd probably have a hard time sitting still and I wouldn't be very hungry and I'd be distracted in my thoughts and I'd kind of be in my own zone. That's how I get, right? I get internal, right? I start thinking and I get quiet and I just start shutting down a little bit, but not Jesus. You see, for Jesus, the timing didn't matter. Jesus knew how to love like it mattered. He knew how to serve at the most inopportune times he would still give of himself. How many of you have seen that in Jesus? It wasn't about the timing. Sometimes we think the problem is timing. But it's not about the timing. We need to be willing to love and serve others as Jesus did. Sometimes we think the problem is who it is. Sometimes we don't want to love everybody or they don't deserve it or we don't like the way they talk or we don't like how dirty they are. Maybe they've gone through life and they've picked up some things and we're like, ew, I don't want to get near that. I don't want to get dirty myself. Or maybe they don't think the way that we think or value the same things that we value. And sometimes we think that I'll serve those who I vibe with, right? Those who I get along with. Those who fit, you know, are my style or look like me or talk like me or think like me. But that wasn't what Jesus was doing. Sometimes we think the problem is who it is. But I want you to notice who Jesus is serving here in this moment. We think about the disciples and we think about, well, these are his friends. These are the ones that he did life with, right? These are the ones that he was closest to. But one of them was about to betray him for 30 pieces of silver. Another one was about to deny him three times. And the rest of them were about to flee and scatter and act like we don't even know him. 
You see, it's the problem when we serve isn't about who it is. The problem is, where's our heart? Are we willing to allow ourselves to love like Jesus? Sometimes we think the problem is, well, I just don't have to. How many of you know Jesus didn't have to do this? Peter even said, you can't wash me. I can wash myself. You don't need to wash me. Peter would have no problem washing his own feet. There was no obligation for Jesus to do this, but yet without complaining, he does it. You know, I've, I've seen the attitude way too often in the church where they'll say, we'll say things like, well, if they can't take care of themselves, then why should I? But how many of you know we need to have a heart of compassion? A heart that sees people, a heart that's willing to love people right where they are. You see, Jesus, as our example of how to love and serve others, he just takes away all the excuses. Don't you love how Jesus does that sometimes? You're like, well, wow, you know, I don't, and then he just takes away all the excuses. I did not come to serve. I came to, to be served. I came to serve and to give my life. That's the heart of Jesus. Now, let me show you what Jesus says right after this, right after verse 17. It goes into how Judas goes about his business how he betrays Jesus, how he goes there. But I want you to look at verse 34. John 13, 34, Jesus says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. As I have also loved you, you also love one another. Notice he says, By this all will know. If you are my disciples, if you have love, for one another. Notice Jesus says, by this, everybody say, by this, all will know. Say it again, by this, all will know. See, Jesus is pointing out something that's critical to the church, critical to those who have made Jesus the Lord and Savior of their lives, who are born again. He's saying, listen, if you really want to make a difference, it's one thing to be born again. It's one thing to go to heaven. But, and that can be where you stop. But Jesus is inviting us into something so much greater than just this. He's saying, listen, if you really want to see an impact, if you really want to see my power go into operation in the lives of others, he says, by this, all will know. By this, everybody will see who I am. By this, everybody will get a glimpse of my heart, my love for them. He says, by this, all will know that you are my disciples. You know, notice Jesus didn't say it's not by the mountain moving faith. It's not by your leadership capabilities or your influence or how many followers you have on social media. It's not about any of those things. He says, by this, all will know you are my disciples. What is a disciple? It's someone who looks like Jesus. It's someone who talks like Jesus. It's someone who acts like Jesus. And Jesus will say, is saying, how will people know who I am? He says, by this, all will know. How well do we serve one another? 
how well are we willing to be inconvenienced for other people? To see them, to meet them, to talk with them, to love them right where they are. You see, this love that Jesus is talking about, it's much more than just acts of kindness. It's from a pure and transformed heart. How many of you know when you give your life to Jesus, he really does do something on the inside? There's a transformation that takes place. And he not he gives you a new spirit, but he also begins to give you a new heart where now you can love and see people right where they're at. You know, I, I, I just a couple weeks ago spoke at a youth camp and I had a, God moved in so many different ways. It was incredible in the ministry that took place. But you could tell that these students, they were ready to receive what God had for them. They were just in a place. And I remember we had ministry time and there was this girl that came up to me. And how many of you know, sometimes there's people you can see that they just need love. You know what I mean? They come from broken situations. They come from a broken home. They've been told that they're no good. They've been told negative things that have they have now believed. You guys know what I'm saying? And you could just see this was on her. And she came up and she's like, she's like, I, I, I don't know what I need, but I need something. And I'm so thankful because I know that some of the most powerful moments of ministry, they're never from a pulpit up here. They're always on individual conversations where, where we're coming face to face. But they're always in moments where Jesus gives me eyes to see them as he sees them. And I remember we were, we were going through camp, and I remember the first night as I was preparing, we were talking about the armor of God, but I remember Jesus saying, just let me wash them. Let me wash them with my word. How many of you know his word washes us? When we come into atmospheres where we hear the word of God preached, and we're actually open to it, we're giving ourselves to it, we're paying attention to it. It's not enough to just be in the room, but to actually hear the word, and we allow that washing to take place. He washes us of all unrighteousness, of all those things that we pick up. And so this girl comes to me, and she goes, I, I, I don't know what I need, but I need something. And I just began to, I looked her in the eyes, and I just said, I feel like Jesus is just saying, you are so precious to him. And in that moment, you just saw everything break. All those things, all those walls, she had been through it. You could tell there was a barrier that she had, but how many of you know the love of Jesus breaks all of that? And here's this word speaking truth over her. The truth cleanses us. His word cleanses us. The Bible says, for God so loved the world. How many of you know if you are here today, you need to know before anything, God loves you. He loves you. No matter what you've done, no matter where you are, he loves you. And so as I spoke that truth over her, I said, Jesus wants you to know just how precious you are. That he sees you. He knows you. And he loves you. And immediately she just breaks. And I ask and I go, have, have you given your life to Jesus? Have you made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life? And she goes, no. And I was like, well, I think that he wants to do that. And so I began to walk her through that. And I will tell you this, by the end of the week, she was a different person. How many of you know that's Jesus? That's not me. 
It wasn't because, oh, that sermon was amazing. In fact, half the time, you know, you're speaking to kids, you're trying, you're trying to keep their attention, right? And they're doing pretty good. And you just, I'm, I was proud of them. I was like, you guys are doing great. We're in the word. I remember my, my oldest son was challenging me. He's like, dad, go a little deeper. Like I hear the same thing over and over. I'm like, we'll go deep. We're going to bring the word. So we brought the word. They were giving the attention, but it, half the time that we, I was preaching, I was like, I just need to get out of the way because God wants to do something. I remember one of the nights I was just like, we're going to close, and this is what Jesus wants to do, and Jesus started moving. The Holy Spirit started moving. How many of you know it's, it's, it's what he does? It's about the move of the Spirit, amen? But I want you to notice how it always starts. It always starts from a place of love. We come to church and we say, I want to see the Spirit move. We pray for revival. We pray, Holy Spirit, come and do something. We want to see the miracles. We want to see the power of God. But if we don't have love, if we don't come from a place of love, how many of you know it's not going to happen? If we don't come in a place where we are calling people and asking them, how can I pray for you? What can I, you know, how are you doing? Where are you at? Maybe you haven't seen someone around for a while. Rather than just letting them fall off, we reach out to them and say, hey, I miss you. I miss seeing you around. What, what's going on in your life? How... How can I be praying for you? You guys know what I'm talking about? It's not just going about our routine. It's about a place of love. And when we come from a place of love and we see people the way God sees them, he moves. Amen? He moves. And so I believe this is an opportunity that the Lord is inviting us into. To love like it matters. And yeah, we need to receive the love of Jesus. Amen. You can't, you can't love people unless you first receive the love that Jesus has for you. But once you have that, we also need to love and serve others. Amen. Because when we do, powerful things happen. Listen, there's only so much ministry that can happen from this point in the church. But what Jesus does in you, not only is that real, but that's what he's saying. If you are my disciples, by this, by this, your love for others, all will know. Amen. You know, I want to close this time by taking a look at 1 John chapter 4. And I want to look at what one of the disciples said who had their feet washed. This was John, one of the disciples of Jesus who was in that room whose feet were washed by Jesus. And I want you to notice what he says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. He says, Beloved, talking to believers, he says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. How many of you know the kind of love Jesus puts in our heart? It's not just good deeds. It's not just acts of service, because how many of you know you can do that with a selfish ambition too? The kind of love that Jesus puts in our heart is a special love that comes when we give our life to him. When we're born again and he brings a transformation on the inside. And so John is saying, let us love with that kind of love. But notice verse 8, he says, he who does not love does not know God, for God is is love. Let me read that again because I think this is the challenge. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. 
You see, this is important because it doesn't say if you're not born of God or if you're not born again, you can't love. How many of you know there's believers who are born again who do not love people the way they should? There are people who have made Jesus the Lord of their life and they don't walk in this same kind of love. But John is saying here, everyone who loves is both born of God, is born again, and knows God. There's an evidence that comes when you love people the way that Jesus loved. There is a glimpse, a greater heart, a greater understanding of who God is. I'm telling you, in moments where you love people, where you see them and you're praying for them and the Holy Spirit is moving, how many of you know you get greater insights into who God is? into greater insights into the heart of the Father. There's a lot of people that will quote Scripture, but they don't do it with love. And they don't really know the intentions or the heart of God. And so John is saying, Beloved, let's love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. But he who does not love. Now I want you to picture with me. This is John who walked with Jesus, who saw how Jesus ministered to people, how Jesus met people right where they were, how Jesus washed the feet of the disciples. And I want you to notice what John says. John says, but he who does not love his brothers and sisters doesn't really know him. You see, if you, you may be born again, but if you don't love, you don't really know him. Because if you knew him, you wouldn't treat people like that. This is so important. So John is saying, listen, I know him. I walked with him. I know how he is with people. I know how he was with me. And if you knew him, you too would be loving people. You see, this is a powerful statement from John. And John is telling other believers, he's saying, I can tell if you know him by the way you treat other people, particularly other brothers and sister in Christ. So what do we get out of this? Well, how many of you know it pleases the Lord when we love people? But you also get to be used by God and to bring the pure love of Jesus to others, just like I had that recent moment with that girl at camp. And God met her right where she was. How many of you know he wants to have those moments with you where you see people, and because you love people, he uses you in that moment to bring his love to other people. That's who we're called to be. That's what a disciple of Jesus looks like. A disciple of Jesus looks like someone who loves like him. Who sees people like him. You want to see God move in your life? You want to see God move in this church? You want to see God move in your workplace? This is the starting point. Love like it matters. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Chapel Valley Church. We want to hear from you, so please take a moment to share your story by emailing us at info at We hope you stay connected by following us online. 
You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching Chapel Valley Church. You can also stay updated by visiting our website, chapelvalley.org.